Hello, and welcome to the Depot Cast for Friday, March twelfth, twenty twenty one. This is episode number forty nine. We we have almost made it an entire calendar year, Mackenzie. Oh my gosh! This silly project that we started during our COVID uh, is approaching one year old, which is bonkers to me. Absolutely bonkers. Uh, so that I'm. Yeah, I'm Mike. That's Mackenzie. Mary is upstairs in a variety of Zoom calls, so uh, she won't be joining us today. Uh, And it's kind of like spring cleaning here. Uh, I have exhibits that I'm working on, but what I've chosen to spend my time on today is clearing out some of the piles of stuff that have accumulated in our archive. Uh, Lots of photos that we've been sorting through and boxes of stuff all the crates of toys that we had that we not have uh, that we'd not had out for covid uh, i'm getting those back out today so kids have something to play with and uh and then i took a break so i could be on the air with you so what's going on up north uh nothing really much is going on the weather's been kind of nuts lately it's like it was raining yesterday and like really nice and warm yeah and then it like dropped 15 degrees within like two hours or something it was ridiculous and now everything's ice and it's been snowing so gross um, oh yeah <laughs> it got warm here down here uh except that the wind has been so hard that it does, it's not comfortable <laughs> it's been like 60 the last three days except that it's like we got like 20 mile an hour winds so um but speaking of it being warm down here our ice pile melted yesterday <laughs> The oh one that the one that we were taking donations for uh, melted at about uh, noon yesterday. So uh, the interesting about it is uh, the winner of the contest was my own mom. <laughs> yes, that's what I was just about to ask. Yeah, I, like, I, I saw that it was your mom who ended up winning. She donated it all back, so that was nice of her. Uh, she, what she really wanted was the bragging rights of of being being correct. <laughs> so that's what she got. She got to go on Facebook and make fun of me because I told her that I there, I didn't think there was any way that that pile would be melted this early into March. And mm-hmm. sure enough, it rained really hard at five in the morning yesterday. And uh, the the combination of all of that rain, plus it being set, uh, 60 degrees, uh, mm-hmm. melted it from like five feet down to less than a foot in, a, in several hours. Oh, my gosh. That's kind of crazy. And then the rest of it got finished off today. So there is no more ice on the ground here in Durand. But wow. yeah, so that's what's going on around here today. Uh, we raised $170 for the caboose, which is rad. Uh, that's $170 we didn't have before. Uh, and uh, we've had somebody ask uh, how far along we were in funding the caboose. So we might actually get another donation coming up which would be excellent because i am real tired of looking at that pink caboose uh how far are we along with funding the caboose um we believe sort of as a rough ballpark we're about a thousand dollars away from having what we need to get it done um, wow that's actually pretty good so we're getting close uh i mean it's gonna get done this year because uh whether we raise the thousand dollars or we just dip into our general fund to pay for it um, it needs to get done, but it would be it would be real nice for our organization if we didn't have to spend a thousand dollars out of our general fund to do it. Uh, so we're you know, we're always looking for people who are willing to throw some money at a problem for us and get it taken care of, um, because as much as uh, people really don't like it being pink and come in here to tell us all about it, uh, we also don't like it being pink. 
Uh, so it's not something where we're like, well, we prefer it this color. No, it's the wrong color. We would, we want it to be the right color again. So, um, mm-hmm. as soon as the weather is stable, which is a joke because Michigan's weather is never stable. Um, I, uh, anticipate us getting this thing done, which would be great. So congratulations, Ma, you won. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you were right. I have to admit that my mother was right on the air. (sighs) (laughs) Anyway, what we're talking about today is Michigan Central Station. Uh, We're talking about the big train station down in Detroit that was recently sold to the Ford Motor Company. Uh, It had sat basically unused since 1988 uh, when Amtrak finally moved out and moved uh, to their uh, place over on, I believe they're on Baltimore Street. Uh, it's kind of on Woodward. Like if you're heading north on Woodward from the, like the center of town, you'll eventually hit their Amtrak station. Uh, but, uh, Michigan central station, uh, was built in 19, uh, uh, it was built in 1913 and it was opened early because the original train station that was down there caught fire. So they had to use the unfinished station. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to, so I'm apologizing in advance for the sound that you're about to hear. I'm pulling the mic out of the holder. I'm sure that'll sound goofy on the recording. Um, so the station is a train depot with an office tower behind it. That's 13 stories tall. Uh, and it was the tallest, uh, train station in the country when it was built. Uh, in fact, it was the tallest rail station in the world in 1914 when it was built. The people who designed it were the same people who designed uh, Grand Central Terminal in New York City. Uh, so it was it was designed by, uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank. Drawing a blank on the company that designed it. Okay, we're back. Uh, so the fan turned on as I was trying to look up who the architectural firm was. So uh, And then it wouldn't turn off. So it made so much noise that uh, I decided to just pause the recording and then wait (laughs) and in the middle of that a train went by so all sorts of noise that would have completely bricked our recording um anyway michigan central station was designed by warren and wetmore and reed and stem who also designed new york city's grand central terminal Uh, it was designed at the same time and seen as a twin uh, as both were meant to be flagship stations on vanderbilt's rail lines and both were designed to have office towers, uh, but they never built the office tower in Grand Central. Uh, both have the same detailing. They were open six months apart. Uh, the price tag for Michigan's was $15 million when it was built, which is like 19, 1914. That's a huge amount of money. Um, and then uh, Roosevelt Park creates a grand entryway for the station, which was fully realized around 1920. Um, the building is composed of two distinct parts, the train station and the 18 story office tower. The roof height is 230 feet tall. The original plan for the tower included a hotel offices for the rail company or a combination of both. The tower was only used for office space by the Michigan central railroad and subsequent owners of the building. The tower was never completely used and the top floors were never completely uh, furnished and served no function. Uh, the reason for that is because this place was built um, and then filled, and then the uh, the Great Depression happened, and the Great Depression was kind of the beginning of the end for passenger rail and a lot of the things that uh, Michigan Central Railroad was intending to use the building for, so it never saw its full potential. Um, more architecture stuff here, uh, because Mackenzie eventually is going to give us a tour of the floor plan, 
uh, we found that. So we're gonna we're gonna do some theater of the mind and take a tour around the 1920s version of this structure. Uh, but the main floor was modeled after an ancient Roman bathhouse with uh, marble walls and vaulted ceilings. Uh, it also had a, heart, a huge hall adorned with uh, Doric columns that housed the ticket office and arcade shops. Uh, we're not talking like video arcade that has Street Fighter 2 in it. We're talking the original term of an arcade, which was like a, a covered concourse, sort of like fancy term for a shopping mall. Uh, the concourse uh, had brick walls and a large copper skylight. From here, passengers would walk down a ramp to a tunnel from which the platforms could be accessed by stairs and elevators. Um, had uh, 10 pa- passenger platforms under the shed, uh, and then uh, five island platforms. One track was uh, specifically for the Railway Express Agency. Uh, uh, also, uh, when Ford bought the building in 2018, a bunch of people returned stuff from the building that was taken when it was abandoned. <laughs> so uh, that's always nice. Uh, in fact, that actually happened here in Durand as well that uh, when the building got saved, people came back in to give us stuff that they had lifted from the building when they thought it was going to get knocked down. Um, So uh, we're going to jump back uh, in time to 1913 here. Uh, I'm trying to rush through the the history here because I think the tour is actually more impressive. Um, The building began operating as Durand. uh, Durand. Nope, not Durand. Detroit's. Main passenger depot in 1913 after the older Michigan Central Station burned on December 26, 1913. It was opened and operated by Michigan Central and was planned as part of a large project that included the Michigan Central Railway Tunnel below the Detroit River for freight and passengers. By the way, that tunnel is still in service. <laughs> and if you look at like a Google map of the area, you'll still see the tunnel that goes to uh, Windsor. Um, they have also been discussing as of late um, building another tunnel there, making it bigger because... Uh, when they built the St. Clair Tunnel, it was the same size. And eventually they found out that they couldn't bring in trains that had double high containers on them. So they built a bigger tunnel in 95. And uh, what that means is any large freight traffic that goes through Canada into Detroit or into Michigan has to go through St. Clair. So the Detroit people are thinking, huh, what if we built a bigger tunnel? Then we could also have bigger freight come through. Um. The old station was located on a spur line, which was inconvenient for the high volume of passengers it served. The new Michigan Central Station placed passengers on the main line. Um, The growing trend toward increased automobile use was not a large concern in 1912, as is evident in the design of the building. Most passengers would arrive at and leave from uh, the station by interurban service or streetcar due to the station's distance from downtown Detroit. Still true. Uh, The station was placed away from downtown in order to stimulate related development to come in its direction. An ambitious project to connect the station to the cultural center uh, via a wide boulevard was never realized. Nonetheless, the station remained active for several decades. The trains of the New York Central Railroad, the company which acquired the Michigan Central, the B&O, and the Canadian Pacific operated from the station. At the beginning of World War I, the peak of rail travel in the United States, more than 200 trains left the station each day, and lines would stretch from the boarding gates of the main entrance. Uh, oh, stretch from the boarding gates to the main entrance. That's a lot of distance. In the 40s, more than 4,000 passengers a day used the station, and more than 3,000 people worked inside its office tower. Among noble passengers arriving at MCS were Presidents Herbert Hoover, Harry Truman, and Franklin Roosevelt, uh, actor Charlie Chaplin, inventor Thomas Edison, and artist Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera. The other major station of Detroit was the Fort Street Union Depot. Uh, The Fort Street Union Depot... 
was operated mostly by uh, everybody except for New York Central and CP uh, or Grand Trunk, which used Brush Street. So uh, a lot of Pennsylvania, a lot of B&O, uh, some Pierre Marquette. The Wabash Cannonball started out of Fort Street. But we're not talking about them today. We're talking about Michigan Central. Uh, in the 1920s, Henry Ford began to buy land near the station and make construction plans but the Depression and other circumstances uh, ended this and many other development efforts. The original design included no large parking facility. When the interurban service was discontinued less than two decades after the station opened, the station was effectively isolated from the large majority of the population who drove cars and needed parking to use the facility. So um, maybe the the major thing they were guilty of was like a lack of foresight, I guess. But like, how were you? How would you guess that? the rise of the automobile would so quickly get rid of passenger rail. Like if that makes sense. Uh, and then before we uh, get into what happened when it was declining, uh, there was a bunch of major trains that were, that had names that came through Detroit. Uh, B&O had the ambassador to New York city, uh, Shenandoah, which also went to New York city, uh, P- Pittsburgh and Washington, DC, the Cincinnatian, which uh, probably, as you might guess, went to Cincinnati. <laughs> and the Great Lakes Limited, which went to Louisville uh, in Kentucky. The New York Central had the Detroiter, which went to New York City. The Empire State Express, which went to New York City. The Mercury, which went to Chicago and Cleveland. Uh, the Northerner, which went to Mackinac City. And the Timberliner, which also went to Mackinac City. The Twilight Limited to Chicago. And the Wolverine, which went from, uh, from Chicago to New York City but it stopped in Detroit because it cut through Southwestern Ontario to get there. So uh, those were the the major trains that you would take to get to where you were going. Uh, Passenger volume did not decrease immediately. During World War II, the station was used heavily by military troops. After the war, with a uh, growth in automobile ownership, people used trains less frequently for vacation or other travel. Service was reduced and passenger traffic became so low that the New York Central attempted to sell the facility in 1956 for five million dollars, one third of its original 1913 building cost. And that's not even accounting for inflation. Um, Another attempted sale in 63 failed for lack of buyers. In 67, maintenance costs were seen as too high uh, relative to the passenger volume. So the restaurant, arcade and main entrance were closed along with much of the main waiting room. This left only two ticket windows to serve passengers and visitors who use the same parking lot entrance as railroad employees working in the building. Uh, Amtrak assumed operation in 1971, reopening the main room and entrance in 75. It tried to renovate it uh, in 78. Six years later, it was sold for a transportation center project that never happened. And then in 88, the last Amtrak train pulled away. As the owners uh, decided to close the facility, Amtrak service continued at a platform on Rose Street, which is like one of the side streets that's next to the station, um, until the new station was built away in New Center in 1994, which is on Baltimore. Um, And then uh, in 96, it was sold to Maddie Marone, (laughs) uh, which is kind of the person that was vilified as the guy who completely let it rot. Uh, And uh, he attempted to package into some other things over, over time and got sued a whole bunch because he basically let all the windows get broken in it and let it get demol- uh, get completely uh, tagged and stolen and all sorts of stuff. Um, they tried to knock it down in 2009, but then the residents of Detroit sued them because it was on the historic, uh, the historic properties list. Uh, how much of this sounds familiar to Durand as it turns out? 
Um, it similar, actually. That it was sort of left to ruin, and then they were going to knock it down, and then people decided they wanted to save it. Uh, so eventually, in 2018, uh, it got sold to the Ford Motor Company, and they're, they are renovating it as we speak to turn it into the headquarters of their new auto uh, autonomous vehicle uh, facility. So cars that drive themselves, uh, their headquarters will be there in Corktown. Uh, if, if you're an old-time baseball fan, the, the train station is actually not too far away from Old Tiger Stadium. Uh, it's all in the Corktown neighborhood down there. Uh, so uh, when the Fords bought it, uh, their intent was to, uh, their intent is to uh, reopen the concourse uh, with restaurants and retail facilities and then they're going to put uh, housing on the top floors. So uh, you might someday be able to get like a loft apartment in the old Michigan Central Station. Uh, okay, I think I have talked about as much about this building as anybody would ever care to stand. Uh, and we're at 17 minutes. So we're going to switch over to our tour guide for the day, Mackenzie, who is... We are, we are all looking at the... We're looking at a floor plan. It's like from 1925 or so. Um, And uh, we are currently standing in pretend because this is over the radio. Uh, We're standing in at the front driveway of the station. So Mackenzie is going to pretend to walk us through it. All right. So once you make your way to the main entrance, you will turn left to see a bank of telephones, the entrance to the women's room as well as even more telephones, entrance <laughs> to a little drugstore. Yep. And the arcade also- is on the left-hand side too, right? Um, like, when you're standing in the waiting room, the waiting room's huge. It's like mm-hmm. 230 foot wide by 100 foot deep. That's gigantic. Um, and then there's like a central area where all the ticket uh, offices and stuff were. Uh, and then the building kind of gets split in half from there. Uh, yeah. So on the left-hand side, what are we looking at over here? There's a lot of different things. There is a barber shop. There are bathrooms, a cigar room. There is the arcade, telegraphs, telephones, a newsroom. Um, yeah. the, the newsroom would probably just be somewhere where they sold newspapers. Mm-hmm. Like there's like a, there's an information counter here as well. Um, yep. Parcels that would... Uh, I'm not sure if that's like shipping them out like you're mailing them because railway mail was a thing back then or what. But uh, that is interesting. Also, like the novelty of a place where you would just go to either buy cigars or sit in there and smoke them. But they had a smoking room that we haven't talked about yet. So, yeah, there's just a cigar store inside the train station. <laughs> the barbershop is also very interesting. The barbershop, I think, is very interesting. Like you, you got there. You, you, you're gonna get on a train, and you went, "Oh no, I forgot to get my hair cut." <laughs> well, good news. Um, also, uh, Mackenzie, did you notice the way the elevators are positioned in their in their hall? That's what I was actually just looking at. They're curved. Those, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's kind of crazy. Um, and then there's a vestibule that you can like go hang out on while you're waiting. Uh, because that also leads you to the covered bridge that takes you over to where the trolleys looped around uh, back when they had trolleys in Detroit. Uh, uh, there was a uh, it looped over to the to the train station here. Um, yes, lots and lots of bathrooms. 
Um, the smoking room, which we had here in Durant as well. Uh, and the women's room, which was kept about as far away from the smoking room as possible. Uh, down here in the... Like, this building isn't north-south oriented either, so it's hard to... Like, I want to say north and south, but it isn't. Um, I think it's the north the northeast corner <laughs> has the women's yeah. room in it. Yeah. The the map we're looking at is upside down uh, relative to north. Um, okay. So let's say we, for the sake of this fun tour, we walked in the door, immediately took a left, and then like looked at everything that was there on the left-hand side. And now we're standing in the concourse, which is 78 feet uh, deep by 193 feet wide. <laughs> Uh, what are we looking at now if we're standing in the upper half of this room? Yeah, so if you're in the upper half on the left-hand side, you're going to have another smoking room, the station master's office, uh, a customs office. And yep. then if you were to make your way over across the right-hand side would be the baggage room, the baggage master, um, a cab office. Uh, you could access the carriage entrance over that way, the boiler room, and then there's also more elevators. And then right at the bottom of this little entrance here that goes into the concourse, there is the ticket lobby. So right in the ticket lobby, that is, um, they have, of course, the ticket office. And then if you were to walk straight down through that, you would be, there's a lunch counter, they have a restaurant, a cafe, and then a reading room. Yeah. Um, the reading room, also interesting to me, that like this had a room probably with nice squashy chairs in it that you could chill out and read the newspaper that you just bought and wait for your wait for the announcement that you're trained to Cincinnati or whatever is, is about to leave. Um, yeah. The, the restaurant also being like kind of cut off from everything is really fascinating to me that, um, the elevators that you would like the elevators over there don't appear to be the, the real elevators. Like they weren't, it looks to me like those are service elevators. Um, but the lunch counter and the restaurant are two separate rooms from each other with the exception of it appears that the counter goes through a wall. <laughs> huh? Uh, yeah. The baggage room being enormous makes sense. Uh, and as you head to the North of the building here, uh, you would walk down a ramp to get to those tracks. That's, that's also really cool what that was the baggage room also had a ramp which i imagine the guys who had to lug stuff all the way down there to the trains every day probably appreciated that it was a ramp (laughs) all right so i'm going to look at another map while we're standing here Mm -hmm. uh i'm looking at a map that's like the general plan of the terminal so once you would have walked out that ramp this is south by the way so you're heading sort of like southwest down this ramp um, we're now we're now I'm looking at a big old train shed that's got one, two, three, four, five, uh, five platforms on it that you would walk across to get to whatever train you were on. Um, and then beyond that was one, uh, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight freight tracks. <laughs> and so, uh, in the express offices, one of them was entirely, uh, the express service. So to the east is the tunnel uh, and to the west is toward Chicago, but also there's like uh, 
coach yards and other sorts of yards that all peeled off the side here. Um, did you find that map as well, or am I just talking to you and expecting you to imagine it? <laughs> just imagining it. Um, I'm with the audience here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, from here, you can see the streetcar terminal, the trolleys that we were talking about, um, the covered drive. Uh, on the original map, it says depressed drive, which uh, is maybe more of a comment of modern day that area as opposed to what it was like when they first built it. Cause it's like, like we said earlier, this place was uh, full of promise and it was a very optimistic building. They just didn't anticipate, even though it was in Detroit where they were making the automobiles, they didn't anticipate the rise of the automobile supplanting tra- uh, like passenger rail as quickly as it did. Um, which is the thing that I'm learning about as Jerry and I are working on the history of Amtrak and the history of passenger rail. Uh, I'm actually going through this on a different project as we speak. Um, but yeah, this the Rose Street that we were talking about that was Amtrak's sort of temporary home back in 1988 is in this area too. So the Amtrak would just come in off of one of these spurs and park there and they'd get on and, and keep going. So um, yeah, let's look at our time. 25 minutes. That's not bad. We've done all right. Uh, Since we actually have a little bit of time, I'm going to go and look at uh, that other train station. As soon as I can find it again. This is the second time of this episode that I'm just stalling for time because I can't find the link. looking we're trying to find it kill time Mackenzie talk about something anything uh how about what are the future plans for Michigan Central Station right now uh so Ford's turning it into like headquarters right um I believe that like December 2018 Ford began phase one of the building restoration the work involved drying out the building and reinforcement of structural columns and archways because their entire basement was flooded at one point um, phase two began in May of 19. It consisted of masonry, masonry restoration of the tower and concourse, retiling of the ceiling of the waiting room and repair of the structural steel. Um, as of late 2020, they were using 3D scanning technology to recreate architectural details that were lost to exposure and vandalism. Um, the restoration work is anticipated to be completed in 2022, which I'm surprised that they could get that whole thing renovated and restored by next year. That's that yeah, building was in that. real bad shape. Still looking, still so looking. This building, in like relation to neighborhoods in Detroit, is this in a good area or is this in a neighborhood that's like currently being rebuilt? Um, I would say that Corktown is probably on its way back up because it's it's becoming modernized. Um. <laughs> But uh, Cork Street was historically like the Irish neighborhood of of Detroit. So you can imagine if you go back through like your American history, why they concentrated all the Irish people in one chunk of town. Uh, it's not it's not necessarily a positive thing. Um, but Corktown was also really well known for being the neighborhood for the for the baseball stadium. And it was like that for 100 years before they they moved to the center of town. Um, 
that's my recollection of Corktown, certainly when I was a kid going to Tigers games. Um, but it, it's coming back. Like, I think Corktown is in a better position now than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, and that's me being an outsider talking about it. I could be completely wrong, but the perception from outside looks like it's better. Um, so anyway, I found it. We're going to talk about Fort Street, uh, Union Depot, uh, real fast. Uh, Fort Street Union Depot was a train station located at the southwest corner of West Fort Street and 3rd Street in downtown Detroit, Michigan. Uh, that is also called M85 if you're down there. It served the city from 1893 until 1971. Today, the downtown campus of Wayne County Community College occupies the site. Uh, the, uh, so the Union Station began, uh, began construction in 1891. It was open to the public on uh, January 21st, 1893. And uh, consolidated. Easy for me to say. It consolidated the operations and services of several rail companies serving Detroit, with the exception of the New York Central and Canadian Pacific Railroad, which used Michigan Central Station, and the Grand Trunk Western Railroad, which used Brush Street. Um, the B&O used the Fort Street uh, facility intermittently. B&O never had its own tracks between Toledo and Detroit. When Pierre Marquette, then later C&O, which had acquired them, handled B&O trains north of Toledo. Those trains went to Fort Street. When handled by Michigan Central, they went to MCS. Upon its opening, the station was located in a transportation district, which also which included the original Michigan Railroad Central Depot two blocks south, the one that burnt down, and the Detroit and Cleveland Navigation Company nearby on the Detroit River. The station was extensively renovated in 1946, adding a restaurant, fluorescent lighting, ooh, very fancy in 46, a baggage room, train gates, and other updated amenities, Urban renewal in the 50s saw construction of Cobo Hall to the south of the station and the tunneling of the Lodge Freeway beneath the railway tracks. Uh, however, due to the dwindling ridership, the station closed on April 30th, 71, which is, by the way, the day that uh, all passenger rail ended because <laughs> May 1st was the day that Amtrak started. Uh, and despite the attempts of preservationists to re- uh, repurpose the building, it was demolished in 1974. Um, as if you uh, as, as if you were wondering if uh, how many depots were saved back in the 70s, uh, basically Duran Union Station. <laughs> that was it. Um, the depot was built similar to, uh, in, uh, you know, Romanesque, which is what Duran Union Station was built in by uh, architect James Stewart, follower of Henry uh, Hobson Richardson. Uh, depot was described by architectural critics as a monumental and gutsy uh, and of being in a solid, aggressive style. Uh, yeah. Uh, mentioned it probably as an ornament to the city published before the turn of the century. Uh, yeah uh, parts of the structure are housed at the B&O Railroad Museum in Baltimore, Maryland Some several large pieces from the station have been saved in a warehouse near Fort Wayne, Indiana no, no Fort Wayne in Detroit Fort Wayne, Detroit located uh, at the foot of Livernoy Avenue in the Delray neighborhood uh, let's see how are we doing on time now? 31 minutes we can keep talking uh, Brush Street Station uh, was a passenger train station on the east side of, De- of downtown Detroit, located at the foot of Brush Street, uh, as its intersection with Atwater Street and bordered by the Detroit River to the south. Uh, Brush Street today is where like Ford Field is. So we're all talking about all three of these places are kind of down by the river. <laughs> You're thinking about it. The original station on this site was a passenger ferry terminal and train station opened in 1852 for the Detroit and Pontiac Railroad. The station was acquired by the Detroit-Milwaukee Railway uh, and also served the Michigan Southern and Northern Indiana Railroad. 
The station was destroyed by fire on the evening of April 26, 1866, when someone with a lantern went to expect a leaking barrel of naphtha, which is a flammable liquid hydrocarbon mixture. Thank you, Wikipedia. Being loaded onto a freight car, setting off a chain reaction, which also destroyed the ferry boat Windsor moored along the river. Oh, my God. Killing 17 passengers on the ferry and one person on a passenger train. Wow. Wow. A leaking barrel of flammable liquid being loaded on a freight car burnt down a train station, a ferry boat, and a train itself and killed 17 people on the ferry and one person on the train. Jeez. The second station on the site. What was that? I did not know that's where this was going. Wow. Neither did I. I was surprised. The second station on the site was a two-story red brick structure opened in 1867 Constructed as, constructed as a union station for the uh, Detroit, Net, Milwaukee, and the Lakeshore and Michigan Southern. The Detroit, Grand Haven, and Milwaukee, you will know that from your Durand history, began serving the station in 1875. Uh, the Lakeshore and Michigan Southern left for, the, uh, for MCS sometime after 1913. The Grand Trunk Western uh, Detroit to Port Huron trains began using Brush Street in 1928, which was also the year that the Grand Trunk Western became GTW. Until this time, they terminated at the uh, Michigan Central 3rd Street Station or the Woodward Avenue Station. The final Grand Trunk Western Trans user station were the GTW's Mohawk to Pontiac, Durand, South Bend, and Chicago's Dearborn Station, an unnamed train following the same route. Continuing at the station past the May 1st, 1971 shift to Amtrak was the Canadian National Railway's Grand Trunk Tempo Service from Detroit to Toronto via Windsor and London. Uh, so that wasn't an Amtrak train. That was a passenger train. That was purely a CN uh, train that would pick you up in Detroit and take you to Toronto. Uh, the second structure was raised in 1973 to make way for the construction of the Renaissance Center. So now now do you know where we're talking about? <laughs> I think I know now. Yeah, the Renaissance. Um, the last station on this site, Franklin Street Station, was built in 1974, approximately two blocks to the east along St. Antoine Street between Franklin and Atwater, used by the SEMTA, commuter rail service between Pontiac and Detroit. The simple station consisted of only boarding platforms and a park and ride along Atwater Street. The commuter service was discontinued in 1983, and all train service soon thereafter. This site is now the surface parking lot, and the rail line to it uh, is now the surface parking lot, and the rail line to it is repurposed as the the Quindercut Greenway. Uh, the, Quind- the Quindercut is actually just like a walking trail that's in the old uh, Grand Trunk Railroad line that's there. It's really interesting. Um, another train is going by. Uh, all right, we made it to 35 and a half minutes. Good for us. <laughs> and as it turns out, we talked about most of the train stations in Detroit. This was not uh, meant to be this discussion today. Uh, we were intending to only talk about uh, MCS, but we had time, so we talked about all of them. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, nowadays if you're down in detroit you can actually go to the the michigan central station and walk around it and not get harassed by the cops which i think is pretty good so uh not being harassed by the cops is a good thing basically at all times but especially if you're checking out an old train station uh but remember don't trespass because the railroad cops will come and yell at you and they'll be right to do it so uh yeah, follow the rules. Don't get in trouble by the railroad cops. But visit Michigan Central Station. And for that matter, visit Duran Union Station. Because we're open. We're here doing stuff. Uh, 
we get multiple calls a day now asking if Railroad Days is going to happen. And my answer to them is always the same. Uh, as far as I'm aware, we are. <laughs> they haven't they haven't told me that we're not having it yet. So um, everything's kind of on a week to week basis here with that. Uh, but now we need to start thinking about, like, what are we going to talk about for our one year anniversary show? I'm sure we have a couple ideas. It's got to be a secret, though. The, the secret is that well we won't think about it until the week that it's happening and go oh no we have to think about a show Quick, get ideas. yeah um i don't know i feel like we could probably spend the entire like episode 53 talking about what a year under covid has been like for all of us but we've discussed that quite a bit during the run of this show um so i don't know yet we'll think about it but but this was episode 49 of the show, so we actually have a couple more to go before we hit one full year. Uh, but yeah, we'll th- try to think of something cool to talk about again next week, and uh, we'll be around. So, hey, Mackenzie, what are you doing the rest of the day? Um, homework. <laughs> homework. Uh, I'm going to be moving stuff from one room into another, and then I'll probably be doing some homework as well, because uh, I want to get this stuff done for, for Jerry. He's worked really hard on it, so... Um, yeah, that's right. We are, you know, remember around railroad days, we are going to have an exhibit about the history of passenger rail in Michigan. Uh, and that includes Durand and Amtrak and all that. So we're very excited and, uh, we hope that you'll like it. Uh, any final thoughts on this topic for today? I have none. Uh, I also have none. Uh, later tonight we're uh, announcing a queen. Uh, today is the queen of the railroad days uh pageant taking place here at the station yep so uh we're 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 doing royal business today yes you are not not royal as if as in the stuff that's currently happening with the royal family in england we're we're not gonna talk about them uh that's that's a bad scene our our royalty is fun we have a good time with our royalty because the royal like you're only the queen for the year it's like, and you're elected. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you were you were elected queen. Uh, congratulations. Uh, so yeah, that was the podcast for March twelfth, twenty twenty one. I'm Mike. That's Mackenzie. Uh, say goodbye, Mackenzie. Bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>